Welcome to Tooth Be Told. What's going on, everybody? How you guys doing? This doing is good. Dr. Cradock and Dr. Aka, as always. But we have some special guests here today. We're, we have a very hot topic, something we've been uh, talking about talking for a while. But uh, I'm going to let them introduce themselves here. So my name is Sarah Clay. I'm an endodontist from Houston, Texas. Go Astros. Okay. <laughs> All right. This is Dr. Fleming, straight from the boot, okay. New Orleans. <laughs> See how hyped up she just got right there? Who <laughs> that nation, but uh, for right now, go Strohs. Okay. Every, everyone's in love with the Strohs right now. Well, they just won the World Series. What did you do to celebrate, Dr. Quang? Oh, I was down there in the midst of it. Smith and Lamar Street. Okay. Celebrating with the Astros. The entire city was out. Oh, except for me. I had to work that day. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you had to work that day. You know, some of us work. Oh, sometimes. Some work. Okay. I, I think I'm going to double back on that. I think um, I was at work as well. Okay. But, so um, we got two people that actually <laughs> I, I was definitely there. So, I mean, at work, I mean. Oh. Not at the parade. No. I actually assumed I that you would have been out there. fun. I, I watched it on TV. <laughs> it, it, exactly. It actually sounds like Dr. Quang is the only one that organized her time exactly. properly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> but uh, today we're going to talk about what it is to be a woman in a professional environment, what it is to be a woman dentist. We can't relate. Maybe Dr. Will. Oh, wait, Will. what? Excuse <laughs> you. But, okay. but <laughs> I can't relate. <laughs> so we basically have two professionals, two strong individual independent, I'm sorry, women that are going to educate us on basically being women in, in dentistry and just teaching us and helping us to understand where they're coming from. And if if they had any struggles, they'll talk to us about that today. Is that okay with well, you guys? Let's give, let's give the listeners a little bit of background. I mean, women in dentistry, um, it hasn't always been an equal playing field, right? No, no. Back in the ni- 1960s and 70s, it was actually less, about 1% to 2%. Okay, and as time went along, it actually got a little bit better, right? In 1976, I looked up some stats for that, and the American Dental Association said that they actually found it to be 16% of women that were dentists, uh, or I should say, first year dental students. It was about 16%. So the rest, about 16, 16, 16, and the rest were male. Now, fast forward 2016, 2017, it's about 50-50. Okay. And that's in dental school. As it should be, right? As it should be. I mean, because I'm sure that not everybody wants to deal with a guy in their mouth, right, when it comes to religious (laughs) avenues and stuff like that. Am I correct? Please. Religious avenues? No, let me explain. Let me explain, right? So, so when it comes to some cultures, right, some women are, are don't want male dentists because of being uh, modest or whatever it may be. Tell me if I'm wrong. I mean, I ladies, agree. right? Yeah. Right. There's and so- I prefer male doctors in the health professional field. Yeah. Some women prefer female doctors in the health professional field. I know I've definitely had patients call my office and ask if I have a female exactly. doctor there. But it's usually a male at requesting a, a female. So this is a pervert. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's what it sounds uh, like. If a woman does it, to me, it's okay. When a yeah. guy does it, yeah, it's kind of weird. No, and I believe in some cultures, the husband is the main man that deals with the woman. So sometimes when we go to medical environment, we want to just strictly deal with uh, some patients just strictly want to deal with a woman. Woman. They feel like it's a conflict of an interest. So um, I definitely deal with that on some occasions too. Different oh. cultures are, they all different preferences. This is why she's here. You see how wonderful that was? Yeah. <laughs> you you would have never put that in. She, she explained it a lot better than you did. 
<laughs> you know, uh, while doing my research, I found something that was very interesting. Mm-hmm. I found out that the one one of the biggest reasons why women came into the professional field was because of birth control. I found that to be very interesting that they were able to now control when they had kids. And that actually led to a lot more women coming into the field of, you know, dentistry or whatever professional that they wanted to get into. Wow. I would have thought of it being the credit card, but um <laughs> Well now you gotta explain what you mean by that. <laughs> The credit card. Yes. I feel like once women was able to have some financial freedoms, then I feel like their education has always been there. I feel like uh, family has always been at the forefront. So I feel like that's what you're talking about. Um, But once you open up the fact that we can uh, build credit, and then I think the picture became um, a little bit more clear to some women. Dr. Quang, I want you to talk to us about, you know, being a specialist, uh, because we, I looked it up and there are actually even less, uh, women in specialties. So talk to me about that. No, that's absolutely true. And as a black female, being a specialist is definitely double the effort that I have to put forth in order to make sure that people do know what I do know what I'm talking about and people can understand me and they can hear me and I don't get questioned all the time. Uh, I get patients that walk in and walk right past me, hand me their coats or look at me and say, oh, you're the doctor. And, you know, I just smile and I nod and I say, yes, I am. And my assistant will be in here to talk to you. (laughs) Did you ever feel that way, too? I don't think anyone has actually ever handed me a coat, but um, I feel like confidence kind of sets a sets a scene so um, if you exuberate the look and the feel of a doctor, I feel like it's kind of hard for whenever someone comes up to you and you're dressed pretty professional and, and you're playing the part um, uh, physically and emotionally and people see that there's a presence there. And I think that I, I have that presence. Okay. So I don't think... I think I've had different experiences because of that. But I'm sure other women, um, maybe when I was uh, fresh into the field, I think looking young um, was definitely something that was questionable. Yeah, I definitely got that too. What, looking young? Yeah, Yeah, like wearing scrubs. I don't wear scrubs to work anymore, but when I first started wearing scrubs, um, people see you as being maybe like an assistant. They think scrubs with like nurses, uh, dental assistants, anything but the doctor. So if you're not wearing a white coat, um, they put you in a different category just on look. Well, so that, that right there, that actually speaks a lot, right? Because I wear scrubs all the time and no one's mm-hmm. ever confused me for an assistant, right? Now, and even, so, if, even when you first started practicing? Well, the only time I've ever been uh, had that issue was mm-hmm. when I was at the VA hospital. Yeah. Right. At the VA hospital, they came in. I came in, I should say, and the guy looked at me and said, where's my where's my doctor? Yeah. And I was coming right out of school and he, I was like, well, surprise, I'm your doctor. Mm-hmm. Right. And he was like, um, no, I want someone older. Right. So that was a, that was the situation. But I don't know if it, it, it had anything to do with my scrubs. Right. I honestly think that it had more to do with just like you said, age. Mm-hmm. Right. But what about being male or female? I mean, just because like if I wear a scrub versus if you wear a scrub, you, you shouldn't be looked at any other any differently. But well, it, I look yeah. young. I look young. Okay. The scrubs that I wear are always pressed, right. clean. Mm-hmm. I wear, you know, my loafers with it. 
I wear, you know, have um, makeup on. My scarves have my name and title on it. Yeah. But I, and I always get it. I still get it to this day. Like, oh, you're so young to be a doctor. You look like you're the same age as my, my son, my, you know, I'm in high school with them. And I can't do anything but say thank you and laugh it off. I have a, uh, my best friend who's a pediatric dentist. She owns her own office in LA that I work at. And she and I constantly get, oh, well, how old are you? Yeah. You know, how old is she? And she has to let people know I have a 22 year old daughter who is at Cal State Berkeley. You know, and then people are like, you have a 22 year old daughter? Cause they like, don't crack? Look, look <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, so are we saying that it has nothing to do with male? female and more to do with age? I think it's a perception. Well, now you have to go into detail. You can't just say it's a perception. What does that mean? Um, As far as scrubs are concerned, when people come in with scrubs, I think people relate that with working in a hospital or working in a different type of environment. So when you see, a lot of times people see you in scrubs, they think, are you a nurse? Regardless of what you have on there. And um. And I think within an office, they think next thing would probably be the assistant first until they either see some sort of a, you know, title or they see a white coat over it. So I think it's just on glance. When you see scrubs, a lot of times you think nurses, hospital, um, or you think you walk into an office, you may think assistant or a nurse as well. So that's why you said no more scrubs for yourself and let me focus on wearing I do think if I wore scrubs, I would get more of the, are you the assistant in the practice? Yes. So let me ask this question. So when you do get that kind of um, reaction from your patients, like, are you the, the, the assistant? Do you go out of your way to kind of prove to them, you know, your qualifications? I would, I would, I would definitely think I would try even harder, just do you subconsciously. Think you should even have to, right? In the beginning, as a specialist, I did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But and let me say, as a specialist in residency, I did feel like I had to go above and beyond because of the the culture I was treating. Now, this is Houston, it's my hometown. I, I'm familiar with what it's like growing up in the South. I go right past it. Um, because at the end of the day, you're not going to remember me because, oh, I was young and I looked a certain way. You're going to remember me because of my mannerisms, how I treat you. I'm always going to treat my patients like you're one of my family members because I'm really not going to see you again. And hopefully I had a lasting experience on you that, you know, it was good because I do root connects. No one wants to come see me, you know. So if you're here to see me, it's going to be a short visit and hopefully you leave happy. So have you ever had anybody look at you and say, you know what, I want a male to do my work or, or anything like that at all? Yes. When you were in dental school, when you were a resident or when you were working at the VA, I know, uh, Dr. Fleming, you actually were at the VA as well. Yeah. I, I think it still goes down to a perception of what some people feel like dentists look like. And I What do think, you think dentists look like? I what think, do you think a lot of times the perception is uh, white, um, male. A white male, um, maybe above 50. Got you. Mm-hmm. So when they see you walking in there, they're thinking, oh, "Was this the opposite?" <laughs> Got you. What did you think, Doctor <laughs> Quang? What did you think? Uh, well, I went to a majority school, so if someone at, and I was in majority, majority what? Majority dental school. Where, what does that mean? Um, it was there were some minorities present, but it was majority Caucasian. Okay, well, um, say that. It's okay. <laughs> no one's gonna no one's gonna be upset if you said <laughs> majority. No, no one's. <laughs> I'm not going to be upset. (laughs) Go ahead. You know, I want to see this person. And I said, no problem. I was working and going to school in Detroit. So most of the patients that came in there looked like me. 
if this person didn't want me, I can go find somebody else who wanted me. And you've had that experience where somebody straight up looked at you from a, a point of view of saying, I don't want this black girl or I don't want this black woman. I want this white Caucasian male. Yes. You, you've had that experience. Yes. Have you ever had that experience? Um, I think I went to school in a different environment. Explain. And um, I went to school at Howard University. Mm-hmm. It well, is what? a historically black college. It is a city of multicultures. Chocolate so city. at the end of the day, um, I think where you are is you're going to have different experiences of um, the environment you put yourself in. Okay. I specifically have gone to HBCs, my undergrad and uh, graduate um, level of education. So I feel like when you do that, you put yourself in an environment where you want to be in a multicultural uh, environment. Okay. You feel like it's more supportive. Well, so you went to a mostly African-American school. Um, I, I want to Histori- say sorry, no, it's historically because um, in my class, there were only maybe two African-Americans. So we're talking um, a melting pot of places. So I had several people from all across the world. Okay. You know, so. And what about I, the patients that you saw? With, what, oh, what? Well, that's a little bit different. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. And so I think the patients that we saw still, we were still in a melting pot um, type city. Okay. So I do feel like we we ran a uh, clinic that was catered to patients uh, that were strictly from Guatemala. So I mean, we catered to different types of cultures. So DC is a city that um, I think embraces that. So I think it's a lot more accepting. So you're both now in Texas. Yes. Let's be completely honest. Not everywhere in Texas is multi multicultural or, or so forth. Correct? No, it's not. Okay. So being able to go to different places, I know, Doctor Quinn, you see, you go to multiple offices. Mm-hmm. Correct? Do you see issues with you being an African American woman here in Houston? Yes. Not Guatemala. In Houston, it's more nice, nasty. It's not going to change. What does that mean? Nice, nice nasty, nasty, meaning that they're going to smile in your face. And then they might be that person that writes that Yelp review that's sticking it to you or Google review sticking it to you because that one person that you treat or that one person that you see or comes into the office late and someone at the front desk has an attitude or just something just that goes wrong with that person is that person who's going to go tell 20 other people not to go to your office or not to go see you. That's nice, nasty. Whereas, similar to to Crystal, I've had a lot of educational background with historical black colleges and university. I think all the cities I've lived in, from New Orleans to Chicago, Detroit, New York, I mean, I've dealt with people who were very bold and upfront about what they wanted. But when you come down to the South, it's not going to be upfront, this is what I want, dictated. It's going to be nice, nasty. Okay, what about you, Dr. Flynn? Um... Have you dealt with that in your office, in your own private practice? I feel like um, dealing with the public, you're going to have a handful of everything each day. I feel like it's rolling the dice. Um, Anyone can walk into your practice. I mean, let's not talk politics right now. We're not talking politics. He gets rowdy. No, I'm just saying. Let's not talk politics. I'm talking about let's talk about what happened to you. No, that's what I'm saying. I feel like I've practiced for, I'm going on 10 years now. Mm -hmm. So in 10 years, I feel like you see still a little bit of everything. Five years, one year. Anyone can walk into your practice with a view. 
Have you had anybody walk into your practice? I'm going to say within 10 years, I've, I've definitely faced everything pretty much at some point. Okay. So if someone has come in and said, hey, I do not want to see Dr. Fleming. We have a lot of visuals of the providers that um, are in my practice. So if you see my picture and you're like, not her, I'm sure there's been several male, female, whatever, that on glance do not want to see me for whatever reason. Black, female, educated, right. whatever they right. see in that picture. I see. It's a perception. Okay. So Let's, if they say that, what do you? What, what is your response to that? Do you I'm let a, them see your associates? Oh, yeah. I'm fine with that. Eventually, I feel like they see me anyway. So. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> let's, let's rewind back to dental school. Okay. And I'm going to bring up the topic of uh, male versus female, right? Let's talk about in dental school. Did you guys feel like you had to almost excel just because you were female or, or you were women, did you have to? Did you feel like you had to excel or prove a point when you were in dental school to your colleagues, your male counterparts, or to your male uh, faculty members? I would not say to colleagues because <laughs> I feel like in dental school, we're definitely female, male on the same playing field. Um, faculty is a whole nother story. Tell me about it. Um, I would say as a female, I definitely had a difficult time with the female staff, which is very awkward at a historically black college. So you mean like they would hinder your progress? I would say 100%. Oh, wow. Okay. Dr. Quang? My dental school. Are you I, waiting? Go ahead on. No, <laughs> Are you trying to be professional school. about no, this? Not, go ahead. Tell me. Real. I had a great time in dental school. I went to the University of Detroit Mercy. Now, me going into this university, I did get accepted into Meharry Medical College, which is a yes. black college. I did get accepted into Howard. Have my dad write a check for me to go to Howard, which, you know, I had to pay that back after I graduated. <laughs> <laughs> and ended up That's not letting you slide with that one. <laughs> no, it's not free. It's not refundable <laughs> as well. <laughs> and I chose Detroit Mercy. Uh, they gave me a scholarship. But once I got there... You know, I understand what it's like to be in a majority, you know, community. Like, I have to work hard, not to prove it to my colleagues, but to prove it to myself because of who my mentors were. My mentors were strong black females in dentistry. You know, I had the privilege of knowing um, Dr. Jean Sanford. You know, she's the first female dean ever of a dental school in the United States. And I was at Howard University. And I had other people who were behind me just kind of supporting me, including the dentist, the black female dentist in the Detroit community. So I walked into this school and university already having support, regardless of where it was coming from. It just happened to be that while I was in this university and this school, certain things fell into place for me to just shine and show my talent of the community service person that I am. And it ended up raising awareness for oral cancer. We had a new dean. So things at the University of Detroit Mercy changed while I was there. I watched it change. And it was for the better. Okay. So both of you guys had a pretty good experience. I mean, yours, Dr. Flannis, was a little tougher, you said, when it came to dealing with uh, the women who were your faculty members. But when it came to your female uh, counterparts, did you see anybody use their sexuality to get ahead in dental school, residency, whatever, basically say, oh, well, you know what, let me go ahead and flirt with this faculty member so I can get a better grade or whatever? Did you see anything like that at all? Um, I'm going to say yes <laughs> to me. <laughs> no, be honest. Because no, if mean, you weren't going to say yes, I was going to say yes. Um, <laughs> so you might as well tell us. <laughs> I think that um, when you're put in an environment where 
Um, stress levels are high. There's a lot of financial investments. No, 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 no. I'm I'm just setting a stage here. Um, I do feel like that happens in dental schools. So not just mine, but in my personal experience, I did see women having to um, be nice to professors. Um, I think things in dental school are very subjective, doc. And when they are, that means that subjective things can happen, I feel. Sometimes you gotta use what you got. No, things. <laughs> Let me say, the truth is out there. That was very, very Keep well put. Both ways. Oh no, it's not I just do. women. Yes. Oh, it's trust me. Oh, women. I know <laughs> who was, is a friend. Well, oh, yes. say was a friend of trust mine, an associate of mine. Oh yeah, who married a professor. Please let me chime back. Right. This is not. This is not gossip one hundred one already. Hold on. But I feel like we're getting Excuse somewhere. Me. No names. Okay. No names. No names. No, but I feel like the environment, when it's subjective, it's subjective things. I don't think it's a gender thing. Okay. I think it's a survival thing. Gotcha. Gotcha. So, so just, to get, just to get that DMD or DDS. That's basically. But at the end of the day, I feel like it still only gets you so far. That's true. I wonder if what we saw when we were in dental school, now that the whole lid is, you know, blown off in Hollywood with the sexual assault, would that be considered sexual assault now or sexual harassment? Oh, wow. Well, I don't know. I mean, they were what? Over 20. Yeah, yeah, they were over 21, 22. They were adults, right? So is that. I mean, was they were they forced? Are you saying that the person that got the grade was being sexually assaulted, or did they sexually assault their faculty because they? I don't I don't understand what you mean by it. I mean, I don't think the sexual assault, sexual harassment was as big in the forefront in media and uh, the topic and of everybody's minds like it is now. I mean, I feel like if you toss your hair to the side, that's considered sexual harassment. Wait a minute, to who? So, I mean, just, yeah, <laughs> I'm just the world become. Think, like, who's being harassed in this? I, apparently, every time someone tosses their hair at me, I'm gonna be like, please. Uh, someone in a professor role, you know, touch my shoulder or massage my shoulder or something like that. But it was never. I never got that silent alarm. The you know the red flag. Oh, okay, you're in a strange position, Sarah. You have to move left. You didn't feel uncomfortable. I didn't feel uncomfortable. Okay. What were they doing massaging your shoulder? Yeah, I, <laughs> that's my. I never got. I that. felt uncomfortable. Right? Yeah. Just listening to you made me feel yeah. uncomfortable. Yeah, it was just based on like deep conversations that we would have because you know it would just be some. A lot of people have taken it upon themselves to take me under their wings and say you know. What you kind know, of conversations are you having that you're getting massages? That's what I don't understand. Ah, so. uh, here we go. No, someone has to say something. No. I don't did, you, did you ever have that? I have never in my life had someone come behind. Hey, relax. You don't look massageable. Relax. Well, Walter, have you ever had to flirt to get to where you are today in your dental school and your perio experience? It's called Truth Be Told. Please, and let's hear it. And we're watching. Oh, no, you guys are watching. No one can ask. No one can see us because it's. But I did flirt. I flirted with uh, my wife. Oh. Was what, she a professor? No, she how, was a co-resident. How, but no, but how, that, <laughs> how did a man from Ghana, right. sir? Because I'm from Ghana, okay, not Nigeria. <laughs> Already gifted. 
<laughs> don't bring that up. <laughs> I know. No, no, but I, I do understand what no, you're the saying. The question was though. Thank did you, you Will. for your your benefit. Yes, like, your for game? Yeah, absolutely. Because I don't yes. feel like when I was it's in dental grade. when I was in dental school, the way to get some patients to come back was to basically, oh. hey, you know, oh, so, you know, you so look he's very talking nice patients. We're still talking professors. No, I'm talking patients because I need them to graduate. I yeah. really don't need professors to graduate. I need the patients to come No, you need professors up. to graduate, you need, sir. You need you, a little you, bit of both. You, you need can professors I say, to can graduate. Can I say that you can go around some of those professors? I did that. There How did you get I, their signatures? No, there were some people that I was like, okay, well, you're a pros professor. You're a pros professor. I know you really don't want to deal with me, so I'm going to go to this person. And I did that. Hmm. Absolutely. Wait, that. Hmm. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know, Doc. You know, I'm dead serious. I have a lot of house friends. Oh, yes. So I understand where Walker's coming from because we didn't have one person at the school who dictated everything. No. Okay. You could go to the next person. Multiple places. Person and this person. Yes. You just had to be smart. There people like you, couldn't, you, you could not supersede. You yeah. could not go around them. There's no going around. <laughs> any. Prof- no, but no, you oh, do yeah. have. No, there is faculty and there is a list of them. Yes. And at. You do not have to pick A, B, or C. There is a D. Right. But at the end of the day, you need a signature. E, F, G. <laughs> but at the end of the day, it's still subjective and you need a signature. This and is on true. a good day or on a bad day, that signature can come and go. I've been in, in clinic for a long amount of time and at the end of the day, didn't have a signature. See, this is why so, we're on here because... Yeah. I feel where she's coming from. Oh, that's you true. Have to make Please happen it is Talk a subjective environment. I know, like for me, yes, I write my own letters of recommendation. All you have to do is put your signature on it. To who? Who are you writing this letter of recommendation for? For any program that I got into, I wrote my letters of recommendation for dental school. I wrote my letters of recommendation for the GPR in Harlem. And then she's saying she gives it to the professor, and they signed it. The professor signed it. Why? signs it. Do you think that? Do you think that I could have done that better than myself? No, but I think it goes back to just relationships and survival. And like, I I feel like relationships still to this day. Okay. Relationships are everything. Absolutely. I agree. That letter of recommendation that you can't already see from my CV resume or all my accolades. Okay. So it's it's not anything that I have lied about. And if you felt like you didn't want to sign it, you don't sign it. And were they, were they male professors or male and female professors? Actually, they were male professors. Only. Male The ones that you could write up and then they signed it were all male. Well, I didn't have very many female professors in general. And you don't see anything weird about that? Well, they will sign it. You, you, yeah. you talk no, about the stats. I, I can't be that. Hey, this is a letter of recommendation here. Please review it. If okay. you feel like you want to alter it, here's the USB drive. You can alter it. Okay. And then put it in an envelope, and then I'll mail it off. And I let them know what programs I was applying to, and that's exactly where I sent their letters to. I was right. being honest about it. Right. I mean, I know you, professional. You know, I know you because you're a good friend of mine, and I know the kind of person you are. But don't you think that that's kind of weird, though? That all your male oh, professors were so eager to just sign whatever you gave them. No, no, no. Is that what you're saying? Eager. Some of them were slow to sign it and <laughs> she, she said that there were more male professors. Yeah, but they were willing to just sign whatever she put in front of them. That's what I'm saying. But it's percent. Well, if there's only if there's only a couple female professors, it's you're like asking her to go to only those ones. That's no, I'm asking you. I'm, I'm just saying that. Do you think recommendation from college were female? That was at Xavier University. Did you write that? Yes. And then had to sign. Actually, it was my, it was my, it was my professional advisor who told me to write it up because she didn't have time. So I got I wrote you. It up. I mean, I gotta play devil's advocate. I do. I have to play devil's but, advocate because. But no, I I do agree. Um, whenever we have to finish dental school, I clearly remember my card, and I don't believe I had a female on it. 
Well, but you said that you just didn't want to deal with them. She said they didn't want to deal with her. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you. Thank you, Dr. Kada. Okay, yeah. Because at the end out. of the day, I feel like students are nice to all of their professors. Right. So I feel like the professors are the one in charge. They're more in control of the situation when you're in dental school. Okay. I, I mean, if I can chime in a little Please bit. Do. Please I, do. I, I went to the same dental school. And so, I, I mean. You know, you went to Howard. We get it's, it's definitely. Hate you. There's definitely some benefit. And I need to get different people on here. No more Howard. <laughs> No, as as a as a, a male trying to get out of dental school, sometimes if I knew a certain female uh, classmate had the professor's eye or ear, it was easy for me to get my work done if I was around them. Walter, you were pulling strings. Start off with as Will, not Walter. <laughs> right? Don't put me in that kind of category with such belligerence. <laughs> Act like you wouldn't do the same. I would have, I would have, but you're the one that just admitted to that. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to use names. But there would be times where, hey, a certain oh my god, you know, a a certain frost professor would. Saw patients? Were you ever in a basement? Yes. Oh, okay. So you get, you did get put down there sometimes. Oh yeah. What what does that mean? I mean, well, put down there is a strong word. You and and how (laughs) you will work anywhere, any any floor. I I gladly went to the basement. Yeah, wherever is going to get your signature. Hey, the basement, first, second, third. Well, they have so many stories. Yes, night clinic. You you guys don't know what it's like to get out of. Oh my gosh! If you make it out of Howard, I can. You are a survivor. Exactly, Walter. I have seen you're a survivor from Howard. I remember when they were graduating 2010 with me. I saw some tears and eyes. So I can understand from all their stories what they're saying, but I will say this about every Howard graduate that I have ever met. They know what they are talking about. They know what they're doing. Okay. And that was a shout out to Howard University. <laughs> they need to sponsor this <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Howard's not writing like a check. Howard's not, not writing a they're check. Re- they're receiving cash. checks. They're receiving checks. They're, they're cashing your yeah, check, but they're not going to sponsor. The is that I have met yes. doesn't know what they're doing. I, they... Come on the show. I want to. I want to. I want to. Well, let's find somebody who, besides you guys from Howard. Um, let's wrangle everything back in. Yes, okay? back to back to the topic. Female back to the topic. Dentists. You both have your own business. Do you think that it's difficult to be assertive with your staff as a woman dentist? Versus male dentists. For example, if I sit there and I say, hey, you need to get this done, get this done, get this done. They may look at it and say, well, you know what? He's bold. He's assertive. And I like that. Do you find that to be an issue when you're a woman dentist? Do they look at you and say, oh, man, she's the, you know, B word or she's real angry about stuff? Or Let's whatever. be honest. Your staff probably says you're a jerk. Yeah. Behind, back. Let's <laughs> just say behind my back. I'm okay with it. But not, not I could care less. I just want to I could care less. clarify <laughs> what we're talking they about. They may or may not like me, actually. <laughs> they may quit tomorrow. What they say to your face? It's not. Nice. I want to say in the beginning, it's a transition. In the beginning, you don't want to be perceived as that angry person. Mm-hmm. However, that's unfair to yourself. That's very unfair to do that to yourself because you can't be nice and be everybody's friend. I'm not here to be your friend. Did you do that, though? I did do that. At the beginning? At the beginning. And now, do you do that? And if you don't do that, do you? Do they see you differently or do you hear stuff about, oh, well, Dr. Quang is real this and that? I've gotten to the point where I just don't care what you think. I'm going to provide the best service to my ability. I mean, if a man is assertive, she's aggressive. That I mean, that's pretty much as the saying goes. If he's, you know, more authoritative, she's uh, a bossy. Mm-hmm. Oh, that was a you nice know? word. <laughs> <laughs> that was the B word I was looking at. 
It's like a lot for Doc to get that one out. She's like, bossy. If he's forceful, we're pushing. Yes. So you do get that. Yeah. It's unfortunate, but it's true. Dr. Fleming, do you as well? I'm going to say just like Doc was saying, in the beginning, um, opening a practice, I think it's a it's a learning curve of what actually works. And I think whenever you start something, you start the nice way. You want to be everyone's friend. Um, you want everybody to like you. And I, it's like you want it to be an ideal environment. When you learn that business is not like that, um, then I think you adapt to your environment. But what I will say is if you want people to follow you and to respect you, um, I would just lead by example. Um, So if I ask you to do it, it's because I do it already. And I think that's been what works for me since, I'm going to say, day one. Okay. And follow up. If you had a young woman that wanted to be a dentist, wanted to own their own practice or be a boss, Mm -hmm. right? What would you tell them? What advice would you give them? Because I have a little daughter, right? And I want her to be independent. I want her to have her own business, whatever it may be. So what advice would you give them on how to deal with an environment that is clearly sexist? Let's, let's not pretend that it's not. Um, like I said, for any woman, any male, I don't, I don't think it really makes a difference. But at the end of the day, like I said, just... Uh, if you're going to be a boss, lead by example. And and I don't know, just shoot for the stars. Just don't let anything uh, make you feel like you can't reach your goal. Dr. Quinn, any advice for any young women out there that want to be in your position? I have to say, you should never question yourself as to why you have to work 10 times as hard as the male counterpart in order to be in any profession. And if you're a minority woman, you have to work 20 times as hard. In any profession you go in, especially in dentistry, you have to know that going in and be ready for that. So basically your point is, even if it's not dentistry that you're going into, you got to be stronger than than your counterpart. Yeah. You can't get get your feelings caught up in business at all. Okay. Well, it's been 35 minutes. (laughs) Usually that's when I cut everybody off. Um, I want to make sure... That we wrap this up pretty nicely. Um, anything that you have on your mind that you guys can talk anything about when it comes you want to get off as your off your chest as a female minority dentist, you know that you think that the the community should know when they come into your practice or just when they see another uh, female, uh, whether she's minority or not. What what would you like to say to those people who may have some some not pleasant things to think about uh, a female doing their dentistry, Doctor Quay? Um, I think. As a female minority dentist, you have to be better to be accepted as equal, which means that once your colleagues accept you, then it makes things a lot easier for you sometimes because that lets other people know she knows what she's talking about. She knows what she's doing. And that pretty much allows us to be a little bit more comfortable in the dental profession. I know in terms of being an endodontist, I know maybe five black women endodontists. In the world. Well, she doesn't know. What are you talking talking about? I'm joking. joking. That was so beautiful until you said that. In the world of Houston. In the world of Houston. You know, and I know more male endodontists than anything. Well, it sounds like you're almost having to prove yourself from the beginning in order to get their respect. As yeah. a black person, period, you have to prove yourself. Oh, that's another. That's another. That's another yeah. topic. Let's focus on being women in dentistry. <laughs> the next one will be blacks in dentistry. African American. Doctor Fleming, please. I think that basically, like Doc was saying, um, education is power, and 
Do not let anything get in the way of you getting to your goal. And if that's being a boss, if that's being an endodontist, if that is being an orthodontist, um, you just do what it takes. Do not worry about the outside environment. Do not worry about your surroundings. You focus on the goal and um, you reach the goal and um, you just use your education as armor. And at the end of the day, if everybody, uh, if everybody was strong and everybody, could, then everybody would do it. It's not for everybody. It's not for everybody. It's lonely on top. Oh, okay. Yeah, Excuse me. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and you don't have to be the smartest person. You do you not. Have to be the most disciplined. Exactly. Person. You just got to be a go getter. You got to be determined. Just like you told the people when you went to dental school, I'm determined. All the D's. Right. Then, uh, and when it's showtime, uh, show. As Walter knows, yeah. doesn't always get you everywhere. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> Why did that come back yes. to me? It, Shots fired. It only gets you so far. It only gets you so far. so far, Walt. It only gets you so far. Yeah. I, I, I feel like every time someone comes the- on, we I have to say this. You're probably not coming back. <laughs> <laughs> every time you attack me, you're not coming back. But no, honestly, that, that was really well spoken. Yeah. Beautiful, something that I know Dr. Craig I couldn't have done. Oh. Uh, the way you said it, it was wonderful. You know, you come on, that was okay. beautiful. The no, way you say, it, you don't say it like that. I, I'm, I'm definitely glad they graced us with their presence. Absolutely, um, today we learned a lot, and and it's sad to say, but we're in an environment where you know, being women, you have to do more to get to the position you guys are in, and we're glad that you did because I definitely know both of you guys and you're excellent clinicians and I'm glad that you guys did that you know uh, so thank you guys for being you and uh, thank you guys for being the strong independent women that you guys are right we hope that you have fun I mean, we try to make it fun for them. Uh, this might be the nicest you've ever been on a podcast. I have to be nice. <laughs> I think so. This, I don't want to come across. I don't want to come across <laughs> sexist. I'm like, who is this? Who is this co-host with me today? I've never, I've never met this man. It's all subjective. It's it all is. Subjective. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. We put him in that environment. There's, there's yeah. women in his environment. He needs more women on well, the I show. Have, I have a daughter now, so I have to, I have to tone everything down. That's what it is. Yes, and I'm, I'm soft now. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm soft. I get I get emotional. She had her two month uh, shots. It was like four or five of them, and, you and I was more emotional. Oh, you, yeah. you cried more. I was, than she did probably. I was actually mad at the lady yeah. doing the shots. I was like, you didn't have to be well, that aggressive yes. about it. Nurses who do shots. <laughs> See, yeah. So anyway, enough about me and my uh, issues. Uh, thank you guys for coming on. We do appreciate you guys, and uh, we hope that anybody listening was inspired by you guys. Yeah. And, uh, has I mean honestly learned a lot from you and, and we have I really do believe that and we thank you guys for coming on Dr. Kradock anything it would just be for the listeners next time you see you know uh, a female dentist know that she probably had to work twice as hard to get where she's at so she probably knows what she's talking about <laughs> Thank you guys. Appreciate it. Have a good night, everybody. Take care. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Tooth Be Told. If you have any questions or comments, please email us at realdentist with an S at gmail.com. That's realdentist, R E A L, dentist with an S at gmail.com. Remember, the opinions on this podcast are just that our professional opinions. The final decision about your health should be made by you and a trusted dental professional.